Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Get your seats. You party people. Crazy, crazy people. Get to your seats. Get your Bibles out this morning. We're going to continue on this thought and concept. People are absolutely everything, which is true. Which is true. Get your muffins, your coffee, your water. We've got some pretty cool people in our church. I I think you would agree uh, I think we have the, it's just the best church, if I just look around um, and just take a look at some of these people, including my mom, who's the best, who's the best. Mother's Day is coming up. Jeremy and Aaron Bennett, who are incredible. Well, Christina, that's okay. It's all right. Christina is amazing. This is pretty cool. I've never heard, yeah, okay. Sounds pretty good out here. Now, Kim and Roland, who are awesome. I don't know how we're going to do this, but just give me something. There we go. Got the left, the left hand five there, uh, hand five, high five. Kim and Roland are awesome. Actually, Roland is starting a business, Woo! stepping out in faith, starting, I think he's doing quilts and different things. What are you doing? No, he's starting a pest control company, and uh, God bless him, and Kim, who does prayer around here, prayer meetings coming up, March 7th, March 7th at 7, March 7th at 7. Is his birthday? When's your birthday? Prayer night. So come with Bibles and gifts and uh, absolutely. First Monday of every month. Okay. It's happened a couple times. Just want everybody to know. Come out and pray. And um, yeah, Monday nights. First Monday night of the month. Whew. Easter. Easter's coming. Easter's, Easter's a few weeks away. We've got invite cards. We really just want to, um, again, our church is a couple years old, people. Uh, we started in our house a couple years ago, and uh, we just want to wanna, wanna see Jesus touch this region. And, uh, and so you might get a sense of a little bit of the overdoing of maybe some communication and some marketing. We're just like little kids with a new toy, okay? We're just like, we just want, we don't, we just want people to know about church. And I think in the last couple years, uh, not that we played it cool, but we really just wanted to do church, be the church, love people, and not really just try to gather a crowd. We, we're not looking at this as an event. We're really wanting to build the church, and God plants people in this church. Um, he builds this church. We're here to uh, extend love and preach the gospel and connect with each other. But this Easter, we really want to uh, be stewards of what God has given us. And so we've, we've, we've printed some posters and we've given some invite cards, ultimately just trying to make some space for a third service to invite people, preach the gospel, and believe that this is our season, your season, to, to bring people into uh, Jesus and invite people into our world. Jesus was the most inclusive person on the planet. Uh, so much so that when he was being nailed to the cross, he said, forgive them, 
for they know not what they do. How inclusive is that? To the Roman soldiers pounding nails, he's like, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. Anyways, that was sort of a, sort of a disconnected thought that I threw in there that randomly hit my head. It's tough to preach uh, a second service because I just am sort of just want to pray, and I, I preached the first service. You should just listen to it, and let's, <laughs> let's get the worship team up here and pray. Um, but no, in this, in this series, really what I mean is just getting ready for Easter. I just want you to know this is kind of a special season in our church. This isn't hype. This, this, this isn't um, us just getting excited. This is, this is us really starting to see Jesus moving our church and moving the lives of people in our church. And so we're just kind of going with it. And uh, anyways, we believe that uh, God's going to use us to make Jesus famous in this city. And uh, so get ready to let God use you in this season. Amen. Let's get to the Bible this morning. I want to read, um, before we read uh, our, our, our sort of our, our, our text that we've been looking at. I want to look at, uh, just in the Message Bible, um, just, just listen to this. I think this is a bit of this. People are uh, absolutely everything. It says in Romans chapter 9, it says, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. If the Bible says don't fake it, it means we can fake it. Um, and uh, I don't want to be someone who, who fake loves people. Um, Run for dear life from evil. Hold on to dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. That hits all the fiddle players right there. Just like, oh, <laughs> whoo, I want to be first fiddle. Um, second fiddle, let someone else lead. Uh, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. If you want to burn out this spring, don't go to church, okay? It's a key ingredient to the burnout plan. Because that's what your flesh is going to tell you. You get tired, you're like, man, I just want to stay home. That's, the, that's actually the worst thing if you're burned out. If you're burned out, a nap can only do so much. It cannot restore your soul. And, and put the fire that I believe is only in Christ and also in the church and people. And, people. and, so, and so if you're getting burned out, get more church. Come to two services. Jump on all the teams. I'm telling you. You'll get so filled up. You'll just get so filled up. The, but if you want to burn out, don't serve. Stay home. Really work the Netflix, and um, you'll, 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 you'll get burned. You'll get burned. All right. Be alert, servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Okay? So that's, that's cool. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. You be my friend. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go kill him. No. <laughs> go buy that person lunch. I think we should do this. And I want testimonies of it back. And, and film it if you can. I might look a little self-indulgent. I'm buying my enemy lunch. How's it going? That might look weird. Don't film it. Come tell us about it, and we'll film the testimony. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness don't let evil get the best of you, but get the best of evil by doing good. That's awesome. That's awesome. People are everything. People are absolutely everything. But when we started this series, 
uh, it kind of took a direction that I wasn't planning on it. I wasn't planning on. And so here we are talking about people are everything. But, but Jesus discusses this topic, I think, a little bit differently than we would. If you came to me and said, hey, man, I just don't love people, I would say, it's cool. Um, just, 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 you need to. You should. Are you a Christian? Okay, well, you kind of sort of have to. But hey, when you lose your life, you'll gain your life. Okay, that's the, that's the bonus. That's the benefit. Or come get filled up with the love of Jesus and go, go give the love. Now, all of that is scriptural and it's good. Um, but, but Jesus, I think, takes us a little deeper in this, in this portion of scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 36. It says, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, so she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Now understand that this is not a lecture. Okay, This is not a, a little chitty chat uh, about Jesus. This is the preaching of the Word of God to build faith in Jesus that we might receive and encounter Jesus. Okay, So whatever happens in the next 35 minutes, just forgive me. I'm a normal human sinner uh, saved by grace. But here we are in church, and we find ourselves in a community of people that gather together to experience the preaching of the word through a fallible human being, yet experiencing the infallible word of God, hopefully building our faith to experience the living, active, alive Jesus. Amen? Amen. So that's why we respond. That's why some people go, Amen. It feels good, too, to be involved. I'll tell you that much. But what it is is joining together to, 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 out of faith, receive something from God. And so, anyways, as she stood behind him, this woman, this sinner, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, He said to himself, oh, this is so beautiful that people would come to the feet of Jesus. No, that wasn't his response, and it probably wouldn't have been ours. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him, what kind of woman she is, and she's a sinner. She's a sinner. She's a sinner. Jesus answered him and said, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. Two people owed money in a certain money lender. One owed him 500, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt. And Jesus said, you have judged correctly. We're going past having the right answer this morning. A lot of us have the right answer. Hey, you say by works or faith? Faith. (laughs) Good answer. Sin bad? Yes. Okay, good answer. Should you pray? Yes. Should you love your neighbor? Mm, that's a tough one, but yes again. Good job. Yay. So Jesus is getting past, hey, do you have the right answer? And he's stepping now into this person's life and wants to become the answer. And he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came to your house, and you did not give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. 
You did not put oil on my head. Now, as love is teaching now this Pharisee, which is you and I, understand that this is in response to this man's thought, which was religious. Not to sin. But now Jesus is in response to his religious thought that if Jesus would see the sin, and now love is now responding to this man's thought, a religious thought. And so now he's come a little bit, he's come a little bit harder because this man really, really feels like he's right. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Who has been forgiven little, loves little. Who has been, been forgiven, forgiven, loves little. What do we do when there's little love in our marriages? What do we do when there's little love in our churches? What do you do when there's little love in the city? Jesus is saying where there is little love, it's not that there's little seminars on love. Jesus is connecting the fact that when we find a little bit of love, it's when we find a little bit of grace. When we discover that there is a little bit of love in a situation, we discover there might be a lack of gospel, cross, forgiveness, grace, mercy, preaching, teaching, and living. When there has been little forgiven... When you've received little of what I have done, I'm not talking about what you can do, but when you've received and you know about and you have intimate knowledge and are currently dependent upon or received what I have done and finished on the cross, call it grace, call it mercy, call it the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. When there is a little bit of that going on, there's a direct result going to be a little bit of love. So here we find ourselves saying, okay, Jesus, we want a lot of love. We want a lot of love. Church is supposed to be known for love. John 3, 16, you so love the world. If you're one of my disciples, they will know you for your love. So here we are saying, Jesus, we want to love people. We want to love people. We want to love our, our families, and we want to love our church. We want to love people in this city. So Jesus goes, then let's get a hold of what I did for you. Because they're connected. They are directly connected. So let's talk about that this morning. Forgiveness is love. Forgiveness is. I got my little straw. I don't use straws. I like to taste the ice cubes. You know, I like to get in there. Let's pray, people. Let's pray. This is church. This is church. Amen. Jesus, we do, we thank you that our faith is in you and not ourselves. And we pray, save us from our own religiosity and our own, Lord, do-goodings and our own works and our own things. God, that you actually asked that we would cease and pick up the cross and pick up the, pick up the Jesus life. Pick up, pick up this, this thing called grace and this thing called love and and the finished work of the cross. And Jesus, we ask you, let us encounter you this morning. Let us receive you this morning. Let us let us grab a hold of you this morning. God, come on in and just fill our lives and fill this church today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of friends that are really good at things. And so I find myself being the odd person out, right? Like I'm the person who's not so good at things. 
but I have friends that are really good at things, and, and maybe it's ping pong or tennis or wakeboarding or snowboarding or <clears throat> just life. Some people are really good at doing life. It's like, wow. You know, it's just everything they do just, just turns to gold, and you're wondering, what's happening? What's wrong with me, you know? But I, I tend to be the guy that's like okay at everything, you know? And so we go out to golf or, you know, whatever. You find, your, you find yourself either being surrounded by people that are trying to help you not be so bad. And so you'll find yourself getting a lot of hot tips, what I kind of call a hot tip. You, you might be golfing. Now, a lot of my friends who golf and are amazing don't really give me those because they understand that they're not, there's no hope for me. I, I need a total swing transformation. But sometimes if you've got two people, you have to pick up two people to have a foursome. So you pick up guys you never have met, you've never golfed with, and you, you hit a slice and they'll actually, you don't even know this person, they'll be like, you lifted your head. You're like, oh, thanks. Yeah, you just need to keep your head down. Oh, okay, because if I kept my head down, I'd be an amazing golfer, you know. Thank you. Awesome. You go wakeboarding with something that I just pop up. Just, just got to pop up. You know, you're getting dragged into the water. And I'm not wakeboarding anymore once a year. I used to wakeboard once a year, and I couldn't walk for two weeks. I'm like, it's not worth it anymore to try to pop up and have like a 30-second ride, you know, and then like kiss the water at 30 miles an hour and... Man, water in your eye is not fun over the age of 25, you know? So, anyways, you get the hot tips, you know? You get around some financial guys, you know? It's buy low, sell high. It's buy low, man, sell high. Okay, awesome, man. Thanks for hooking me up. That's a real hot tip. You know, and you get around dietitians and nutritionalists, and you just got to, man, you just got to cut out, you know, soda. If you just cut out soda, and you just get, you just got to get the salt out, man. You got to get the salt out. Okay, because you got the sugar and the salt is retaining all the sugar and you're just like puffy. Okay, so you got to get the salt. I'm telling you, it's going to change your life. I'm like, okay, man, awesome. And so we get all these hot tips and then sometimes this is what our Christianity becomes. It's just like another hot tip. It's like, hey, you got to pray. Awesome, man. Thank you. Get on the treadmill. Eat my greens. You know, keep my head down. Run more. Sin less. Less sugar. More running. More God. Less Satan. You know, it's like just hot tips to my Christianity. When, when really Christianity is not a hot tip, it's actually a total transformation. But the problem is, is we think that Jesus is asking us to become transformed or transformed ourselves when we don't have the ability to do that. He's the only one that has the ability to do that. And so Jesus comes along in this story, and what we think is a hot tip, because we're so used to it. i got to work out tomorrow. That's right, man. Less TV, more Bible. That's right. But that new Netflix. No, no, no. More reading. More time with my kids and less, less selfishness, less, okay, that's right. More of the good, less of the bad. More of the good, less of the bad. And so we think Jesus comes along and says, hey, hey, don't judge this woman. Look, look in the mirror, brother, sister. Look in the mirror and see how far you've come. Remember, remember how the sin in your life, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And so we think Jesus is like hot tipping us. Look in the mirror. I don't want to. Look. You got me, Jesus. Oh, man, I, got, I forgot. <laughs> I'm a sinner. Chief of sinners here. Yeah, that's right. When Jesus isn't doing that, he's not hot-tipping us. He's saying, hey, I, 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 um, I love you. 
And, and I trust that you are no longer someone who is trying to get to me. But you're, 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 you're a New Testament believe, believer realizing and coming to a faith that says that God, God of the Old Testament stepped out of eternity and, and is now walking on planet Earth. And he went to the cross. And it represents the fulfillment of the entire Old Testament. If that's you, yeah, that's me, Jesus. Awesome. So don't make your Christianity a new version of the old. Because the old man is dead. You need to really understand what took place on the cross. Because it's awesome. And, and it's incredible, and it's bigger, and it's deeper, and it's wider than you could have ever imagined. And so if that's you, and we're all like, yeah, Jesus, that's us, awesome. I'm not here to give you a hot tip. I'm here to say, hey, I want to open your eyes and show you something that, that you would have never been able to believe. And, 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 and I want to give you some faith to receive what I want to give you. Um, I, I want to give you something. I, w- I want you to follow me, and I want you to give you something. You're my disciple. You're my disciple. I want to give you something. I want, to, I want to fill you. I want to take care of you. I want to bless you. I want to cause this relationship to become more intimate and more re- real. This is a love thing. This is not a do thing. This is a love thing. This is not a do thing. Okay, Jesus, give it to me. That's me. Okay, awesome. Because what can happen is when you're living day to day on Sunday, see, you know the right answer. Say by grace. That's right. Pray. Yeah. Sin less. Yeah, that's right. Monday morning, though, when you step into life, you begin to pick up religiosity, and you begin to pick up Christianity, and you begin to do things. Remember, I'm going to do them. That'll preach on Sunday. Let Christ do what you can't do. Mm. <laughs> so good. So good, brother. Whew, so good. But Monday morning, are we really letting Christ do it? Is our life. Allowing the life of Christ to come in and live in us and through us. Paul declared, I can do nothing, but through Christ I can do everything because he's the one that does it. There's no do without the through. We've talked about it. Through Christ, his life, he's the way, the truth, he's everything. He's my everything. I can do nothing, but he can do everything. And so Jesus goes, awesome, so good. I'm glad we're on the same team. So here's what's going to happen, though. Life is going to take on deception and, and religion is going to come. It's, it's just easy and flesh and condemnation. So here, here's, 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 here's what we're going to do. I'm not giving you a hot, hot tip. Um, I'm, I'm going to actually show you that, that, that whether your Christianity is all about you or me. If, if you're doing things, you're really allowing me to do them. Because, listen, you love me, I love you, it's all good. But, but, but as honest as you are, is it's going to just benefit you. See, Jesus isn't trying to manipulate us. He's trying to let us in on something he's already done. He's not trying to convince us to do anything. He's not trying to motivate us. But so much of our Christianity has been motivation because we're just like, I know, man, sin less. Ha, Satan bad. Oh, God good. Worship more. Oh, pray more. Bible more. Easter's coming. Come on, this is my. And we're hot tipping, motivating ourselves. And Jesus is saying, that's not the Jesus life. The Jesus life is actually allowing me to do everything in and through you. And that's not just a statement. That can be a reality. But for some of you, it's just a belief system about something. And you don't actually possess the power of the reality of what only I can do and give you. So, so, so again, that's not condemnation. That's love saying, hey, I want to show you, though. You want me to show you? Yeah. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Be honest with yourself because you're the one that benefits or is hurt by this. 
So our Christianity isn't about whitewashed tombs anymore. We're not about the outward appearance. Okay, so this is, this, you got to live with you. You know, you meet some people, and I can't even be around them for like five seconds. It's like, okay, see you later. Ooh, they got to live with them for 24-7. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to live with you. Some of you I could hang out with all day. Some of you for about 30 minutes, and I'm like, hey, man, I got another appointment. Um, but Jesus, Jesus' heart goes out to you because you got to live with you. And so Jesus is like, hey, this is up to you. If you want to fake it till you make it, cool. That sounds like a horrible life. And it's not what I want to give you. I came to give you a life more abundantly. So stop faking it. Stop acting like you're going to transform yourself into anything. I'm the only one that can do that. So come to me and look at your life. Is love flowing freely? Is there a lot of love or a little love? Let's start with that. Well, okay. Um, and I'm not talking about, no, I'm, I'm, I'm love. Let's just jump right to it for the sake of time. Are you loving your enemies? How easy is it to love someone who hurt you? Let's just start with that. Well, <laughs> I thought that that was just a hot tip. Like a, a goal, you know? Like a marathon. It's out there. <laughs> Someday, probably never. I'd like to. Maybe a half a marathon. Maybe 5K, 5K. We just think that, like, like, like love your neighbors, like this thing way out there just to shoot for the moon so we hit the fence. No. Jesus said, do you love people who hurt you? We all have groups of people that we hate. Let's just be honest. It might be rich people. It might be poor people. It might be hipsters. It might be business people. It might be people who wear punk clothes. It might be people who wear suits. It might be a generation thing. It might be a young thing or an old thing. It might be a denominational thing. It might be a church thing. It might be a religious thing. It might be a national thing. But there is somebody in your life that you typically are a tad bit fine. I won't use the word hate. I'll use the Christian word. You're a little bit irritated and annoyed by, okay? Rubs you wrong a little bit that you're praying for. Just praying for them. Okay, because you're right and they're wrong, so you're praying for them. And so here we are, and Jesus is saying, just be honest with yourself. Because it will reveal the level of deception and religiosity that you're walking in. And you're the one that benefits from it. So why would you fake it? Why would you walk in that? How's the love flowing to people in your life? How's the love flowing to the people who have gossiped about you, and don't like you, and hurt you, and done things bad about you? How's the love flowing. What's Jesus trying to show us? Jesus is trying to show us that we might not have the unconditional love that we think we have. Jesus is saying there's this little bit of love. And understand, I've I've called you to such such more, but I'm not asking you to do it. I'm asking you to let me do it. Let me give it to you. But you need to know what you don't have before you ask for it because you think you have it. So why would you ever ask for what you think you have? You need to come to the realization of not knowing that, knowing that you have it, that you don't have it, so you can ask for it. I just confused everybody, and I apologize. But you got to come to a place. i got to bring you to a place where you realize you don't have what you think you have. You have some form of it. You have some form of this religiosity, but you don't have the power that I died for that I want to give you. So we got to come to this place where you realize that maybe you don't have the unconditional love that you think you have because when you're, when you're more obsessed with someone's condition than the unconditional love that you possess, you might not have possessed the unconditional love you think you have. 
Because unconditional love loves dysfunctional, crazy conditions. It's like a perfect fit. You got a condition that's wildly, obscurely weird? Awesome! I've got this thing called unconditional love, and it fits that perfectly. So here we are as the church, and we're Christians, and we're like, yeah! Greatest love story ever told. Jesus Christ, Jesus loves you. Bumper stickers, t-shirts. Woo! John 3.16, brother. Awesome. Yeah, we're full of judgment and irritation by people who aren't giving themselves to God. And God said, that's not the way I work. I don't ask people to, to come after me. I'm trying to tell the world that I came after them. Church, would you partner with me in the telling of the gospel? So Jesus, we're all together in this class, and Jesus is like, we're our body of Christ, right? Okay, cool. So we're together, toe, elbow, neck. I need you working with me. I'm the head. We've got a revelation of Jesus that the world needs to see. So let's work together. I'm trying to bring you into this place. I'm trying to bring you in. I'm not trying to exclude you. I'm trying to include you. I'm trying to bring revelation and bring you in. Trying to bring you in. If there's a little bit of love, it just a direct correlation to that you have not received what you think you have received. You've not received the cross as much as you think you've received the cross. You're not flowing in grace and mercy and Jesus like you think you are. And it's cool. I just need you to see that so you can ask for it so I can hook you up because I already did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I already did it. 2,000 years ago, not only did I fulfill the entirety of the law, I finished the work, and I want to give it to you. But you're not going to ask for what you think you already have. And so we need to start with, hey, love will show you that you might not have what you think you have. And I'm not trying to motivate you. I'm trying to show you. That you got to come back to the cross and get some things that you didn't get before. And this is intimate. This is personal. Because, see, this man in this story, he had the right answer. Isn't that amazing? Hey, Simon. Hey, who do you think would love more? And Simon's like, I got the answer. I got the answer. Uh, the, The one who had the bigger debt. And Jesus is like, you got the right answer. You've got the right answer. How many books in the Bible? 66 books. You better believe it. How to get to heaven. There's no way to heaven but through Jesus. What do you say by grace? What are you doing with your life? I'm trying to be a disciple. I'm trying to work out my salvation. I'm trying to be holy. I'm trying to be like Jesus. Awesome. You've got all, we've got all the right answers up here. But yet this man didn't know that he was sitting in the presence of the answer. He's sitting in the presence. The God of eternity has stepped down into his life and he doesn't even know it. What a shame. Because he's so concerned with having the right answer. The right doctrine. The right creed. The right churchy ways of doing things. Being right. Being right. And he doesn't even know that grace himself, the answer to life, is sitting there in his living room. He misses that. Misses this moment of being with Jesus. 
and receiving Jesus. He's caught up. He's caught up in his own religiosity, in his own thinking, in his own ability. He's in a search for truth, to obtain knowledge, to obtain rightness, to obtain and serve God. And is missing the fact that God has come to him and wants to give him something. I'm going to step into your life. I'm going to step into your life. Misses the fact, misses the fact that Jesus is in his midst wanting to give him something. So much so that Jesus forgives the woman and leaves and everybody starts talking about Jesus. And whether or not it was Jesus or whether or not this guy can forgive sins. Obsessed with gaining religiosity and gaining something on their own. They missed the fact that God who had made them in the most incredible scene in history, 30-some years that our God walked the planet and this man missed it. How could he miss it? The same thing happens to us. Is Jesus is walking and pouring out and encountering us And we thought we needed to have the right answer and we missed the fact that the answer was trying to work himself into our lives and take over. Not asked you to have the right answer. That's good that you have the answer. That's good. That's good. But I want to be the answer. I'm the answer. I know you know about grace, but let me be grace. I know you know about forgiveness, but let me forgive. I know you know about mercy and love in the church, but let me come in and do. I am the way and the truth and the life. Let me come and do for you. Let me come and speak. Let me. I know you know about healing. You even got all the, the memory verses memorized about healing. Good job. But let me come in and, and be healer in your life. Let me come up and take residence. Let me come and be the answer. Jesus is trying to go from having the answer to us being dependent upon him as the answer to everything in our lives it's called the cross the gospel and jesus is simply saying hey there's a connection to how much of the cross and forgiveness and grace that you have received and that determines how much love you're giving there's a connection there's a connection we, 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 we got to go back. We got to go back because how you view the cross and what took place and what is continually taking place on that cross 2,000 years ago, when it comes to your forgiveness, it determines where you're going to go. Whether you're going to pursue having the right answer or you're going to pursue a love relationship with the answer. Are you trying to get answers or are you trying to give yourself over to the answer, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, we got to go back. It's going to determine everything. It's going to determine everything. John chapter 8 says, if you, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. A lot of us have this theoretical truth. We understand some of the tenets of Christianity and some of the creeds of Christianity. And so we think because we know about them, we actually have possess them we actually have received them the bible says if you know that word know is like adam knew eve (laughs) it's a word of intimacy it's not a word of going to bible college and checking a box off and passing a test 
It's if you know, if you come into intimate connection to become one, if my truth starts to become your truth, if my life starts to become your life, if my future starts to become your future, if my past, which was nailed to the cross, becomes your past, if two become one, you come to know the truth, and that type of knowing will set you free. But you cannot free yourself. I am the one that saves. I am the one that heals. I am the one that forgives. You might know about forgiveness, but do you know forgiveness? You might have heard about the cross, but have you come into intimate reality of the cross? You might know about the Webster's Dictionary about mercy, but have you been washed daily in his mercy? Are you someone who has intimate knowledge of I cannot get through this day if I don't receive an encounter? What happened at the cross? The Bible says pick up your cross daily and follow me. Pick up the revelation of what I can do and what I've done on behalf of you daily. Pick up your cross Because if you're following after me and you start to notice that there's a little bit of love and you are ticked off at the condition of people, there's nothing more loving. Forgiveness is the epitome of unconditional love. If you're so ticked off by everyone's conditions, you just need to know that I wasn't. I'm not. I actually was angry at religion. Sin. Sin. Is what I came to die for, but what nailed me to the cross was religion. Hatred for the things of Jesus, a hatred for forgiveness, a hatred for grace. And for and here, let me let me wash that. Let me take that. I can do it. That's what I was at war with Jesus. Jesus said, Let me come to the cross to, to give you. I want to give you. You you just didn't see it because you thought you had it, but you didn't have it because love has revealed that you're more concerned about the condition. And when you're more concerned about the condition of the people that live around you, then you do not possess it. It's cool. It's okay. The unconditional love that you think you have received, and it's okay because I want to wash you and I want to give it to you. But that unconditional love will only flow out of a place that's rooted in grace and forgiveness and having received continually what took place on the cross. And this is not a hot tip. Remember Jesus, that he bled for you. Some emotional plea. Oh, that's right, man. That's right. He forgave me. That's still motivational. Jesus is like, you think I'm doing some mental gymnastics with you every Easter? Remember that I bled for you. That hurt. Okay, (laughs) I might be God, but I was also man, and that did not feel good. So if you would please hook a God up and receive what I did for you, come on now, remember what I did for you. Come on now. Sometimes I hate that word remember. We use it a lot. It's all good. But remember sometimes is come on, you need to remember when Jesus has always come. Come. Come to the, just, 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 just open, just receive, just believe, just open your heart. Just bring yourself to me so I can show you that I've already come 
I'm not asking you to get to me. I've already come to you. I've already done some things that you have no knowledge of. It's okay. I want to give them to you. So Jesus tells the story about this master, which represents himself. And he says there's this master who, who paid off this debt. And, and for a master to pay off a debt, two things have to happen. One is that the master is going to accrue a loss. And he has to be okay with that because we can't cook the books. We can't make it go away. We can't push delete. Someone has to pay for it. Someone has to pay for this debt. And, and as the master, he has to look at that loss and go, you know what? I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to take the loss. The other thing that has to happen is that I have to recognize that these people cannot pay me back. It's key. It's key. That they cannot get to me, I have to come to them. See, oftentimes the cross is a mystery. Like, why did Jesus really have to die? Well, why, why couldn't he just do something else? Why couldn't he redeem humanity in their own free choice and what we did? Why did Jesus have to come? So the master looks at the debt and goes, I'm going to accrue a loss. I'm okay with it. I'm going to pay it. And I also recognize that these people cannot pay me back. They, they, they cannot pay me back. And so Jesus says, I want to teach you what I did on the cross. And I not only teach you, but I want to give you what I did on the cross. Because what I want you to do is I want you to learn that love comes from forgiveness. And forgiveness comes from me. It's not a human trait. You could never forgive unless you have received it from me. Don't for a second think it's some sort of mental thing that we just kind of let it go. Let it go, let it go, put on Frozen and just sing along and just let it go. And, and somehow we can let that person who hurt us just sort of forget about it and move on. Jesus said, you can only learn to forgive through me. Forgiven people forgive and forgiving people love. You got to come and learn forgiveness. You got to come and learn at the cross what took place. That I, I took the loss. I took the debt. There was no cooking of the books. There was no, hey, one wink, and all of a sudden Jesus kind of erased something, and we kind of moved on. No, Jesus took the nails because there was a debt that needed to be paid because he is a holy God, and he cannot just wink and nod and have sin disappear. But he did decide to take it himself. He also recognized that we couldn't pay it back. There was no hope for us. We, we, We did not have the means to pay it back. So Jesus says, you can either come and receive forgiveness, which is not a mental gymnastic. It's not something that you'll be able to just somehow bring yourself to. You got to come back to the cross and receive it and get it from me. Let me give it to you. Let me give it to you. If not, you'll either be someone who is forgiven, forgiving, forgiven, forgiving, forgiven, forgiving, or you will be a debt collector. You'll spend your life trying to get people to pay you back. And Jesus says, that's no life at all. And the only reason you wouldn't come and learn forgiveness and be a debt collector is because you viewed yourself as not being able to take a loss. Again, this master said, I'm going to take this loss. And I'm, I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing gladly to do it. But when we move from forgiveness to debt collecting, 
we decide, I can't take the loss. Sorry, church. I can't handle you talking about me. I need lots of amens and lots of hugs and lots of Facebook comments only about how much you love me. I can't take a loss. If you leave my church, I hate you. I can't handle that type of loss. Babe, you need to love me, stroke my ego, make dinner perfect, show up on time. You need to love all my five languages of love. I'm sorry, I got all five. You know, so you're bad. Some people have two or three, I got all five. So you're going to have to, so, so people that move into debt collecting, just, I can't take the loss. Sorry. Sorry. And don't come to a place also realizing that that person doesn't have the means to pay you back. They don't have the means to pay you back. We, there's, there's a difference between debt and payment. And this is what we miss. Jesus never said that your debt wasn't real. Jesus never said that that person that wronged you or hurt you, that, that, that didn't hurt. No, Jesus was saying, I see it. I see the pain. I see that moment. I see the struggle. I see the insecurity. I, <laughs> wow. I see it. I see it. It's a debt. It's a big debt. You are indebted to. You've been wronged. You've been hurt. You've been gossiped about. You've been ostracized. You grew up in a situation, in a family. Yes, there this hurts, this hurt, this hurt, this hurt, this hurt, this hurt, this hurt. But they don't have the means to pay you back. Just like a country has dollars, like America, we've got dollars. Dollars is what's going to work in this country. Go to England, you got to use pounds. Isaac has a currency. You have a currency. They don't have your currency. They, 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 they don't have the means to pay you back. They, 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 they don't have the currency that your land, that your nation, that your psychology, that your emotion demands. There's only one person that has that currency, and it's the God-man who took on flesh and blood and went to the cross 2,000 years ago, not just to die for you, but to die as you. And so when he went to hell and took the keys, he, he, he bought them for you. He's the only one that died as you to so he can pay your debt. He's the only one. So that grace is not just grace, it's your grace. Love is not just love, it's your love. It's your mercy. It's, it's your payment of debt. It's your future that he says, come, I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you. It's yours. It's your only Jesus has the ability to pay your debt. We got to quit trying to get the, the atoms in our life to pay the debt. The Bible says in Romans that sin came through one man. The debt came through Adam. Debt came through one man and payment came through one man, the God-man Jesus. But we're trying to get the atoms in our life that have accrued the debt to pay the debt. And Jesus said, I'm telling you, you got to come back to the cross because you're trying to love people as manipulation to pay your debt. There's only one that has the payment to pay off your debt. And it's the God who went to the cross to pay the debt. And he said, I got it. I got the currency to take the debt and to pay the shame and the guilt. Come and find out what I already paid for. I already paid for it. 
but you got to come and get it. It, it, it can't be up here. It can't be up here. You got to come and receive it. Come and get what I want to give you. Come and receive what I want to give you. Come and take what I want to give you. And quit trying to get the atoms to pay what only Jesus came to pay. I know they got the debt, but you got to let the atoms go in your life. The ones that took the debt and accrued the debt, Jesus said, I came to die as you to pay that debt that the atoms could not pay, but only Jesus could pay. Come and receive. 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 I paid for that. I paid for it. Come and get it. I'm, let me come and take it. Come and let, just come and let me just take it. I paid for it. I, I already did it. What is this thing about forgiveness 2,000 years ago? Because that's when it happened. But just because it happened doesn't mean we have received the reality of what happened. Just because you know about Easter and we know about the cross doesn't mean that we are receiving what Jesus has done. So Jesus is saying, you got to receive it. Come and get it. Come and get it. Come and receive the forgiveness that I paid for. Come and receive it. You might not have been received as much as you think you received. Just because you know about something, just because you know the doctrine of forgiveness or the doctrine of grace, doesn't mean you know the person of grace. Doesn't mean that you've let grace come on the inside and heal and transform. Just because you know about healing, doesn't mean you know the God of by my stripes you are healed. Let me step in into your life and heal. Jesus said, you got to come and know it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it right now. Receive it. Receive it. Is your, is your faith in what you could learn and take and get answers for and leave this place to walk out? Or is your faith in the answer? Stepping into your life and doing what only he can do and what he promised he already did on that cross, having already forgiven you, having already paid for that, is your faith in a Jesus that says, let me take it right now. Let me take it. I already paid for it. What was done to you, I paid for it. I paid for that insecurity. I paid for it. I paid for it. That's why it's forgiveness. That's why it's cross. Jesus is saying, you're still living in debt. Because you theoretically know what happened. Now come and receive it. 